My name is Asher, and today I'm reading The Tale of Peter Rabbit, The Tale of Benjamin Bunny, and The Tale of Flopsy Bunny. It's all by Beatrix Potter. Once upon a time, there were four little rabbits, and their names were Flopsy, Mopsy, Cottontail, and Peter. They lived with their mother in a sand bank underneath the root of a very big fir tree. Now, my dears, said old Mrs. Rabbit, one morning, you may go into the field or down the lane, but don't go into Mr. McGregor's garden. Your father had an accident there. It was put in a pie by Mrs. McGregor. Now run along and don't get into mischief. I'm going out. Then old Mrs. Rabbit took a basket and her umbrella and went through the wood to the baker's. She bought a loaf of brown bread and five currant buns. Flopsy, Mopsy, and Cottontail, who were good little bunnies, went down the lane to gather blackberries. But Peter, who was very naughty, ran straight away to Mr. McGregor's garden and squeezed under the gate. First he ate some lettuces, and then some French beans, and then he ate some radishes. And then feeling rather sick, he went to look for some parsley. But round the end of a cucumber frame, whom should he meet but Mr. McGregor? Mr. McGregor was on his hands and knees, planting out young cabbages. But he jumped up and ran after Peter, waving a rake and calling out, Stop, leaf! Peter was most dreadfully frightened. He rushed all over the garden, for he had forgotten the way back to the gate. He lost one of his shoes among the cabbages and the other shoe amongst the potatoes. After losing them, he ran out on four legs and went faster, so I think he might have gotten away altogether if he had not unfortunately run into a gooseberry net and got caught by the large buttons on his jacket. It was a blue jacket. But brass buttons, quite new. Peter gave himself up for lost and shed big tears. But his sobs were overheard by some friendly sparrows who flew to him in great excitement and implored him to exert himself. Mr. McGregor came up with a sieve which he intended to pop upon the top of Peter, but Peter wriggled out just in time, leaving his jacket behind him, and rushed into the tool shed and jumped into a can. It would have been a beautiful thing to hide in if it had not so much water in it. Mr. McGregor was quite sure that Peter was somewhere in the tool shed, perhaps hidden underneath a flower pot. He began to turn them over, carefully looking under each. Presently, Peter sneezed. Catcher's shoe! Mr. McGregor was after him in no time. And tried to put his foot upon Peter, who jumped out of a window, upsetting three plants. The window was too small for Mr. McGregor, and he was tired of running after Peter. 
He went back to his work. Peter sat down to rest. He was out of breath and trembling with fright, and he had not the least idea which way to go. Also, he was very damp, was sitting in that can. After a time, he began to wander about, going lippy lippy, not very fast, and looking all around. He found the door in the wall, but it was locked, and there was no room for a fat little rabbit to squeeze underneath. An old mouse was running in and out over the stone door step, carrying peas and beans to her family in the wood. He dragged her away to the gate, but she had such a large pea in her mouth that she could not answer. She only shook her head at him. Peter began to cry. Then he tried to find his way straight across the garden, but he became more and more puzzled. Presently, he came to a pond where Mister McGregor filled his watering cans. A white cat was staring at some goldfish. She sat very, very still, but now and then the tip of her tail twitched. And if it were a lie, Peter thought it best to go away without speaking to her. He had heard about cats from his cousin, little Benjamin Bunny. He went back towards the tool shed, but suddenly, quite close to him, he heard the noise of a hoe scratch, 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 scratch. Peter scurried underneath the bushes, but presently, as nothing happened, he came out and climbed upon a real barrel and peeped over. The first thing he saw was Mister McGregor hoeing onions. His back was turned towards Peter, and beyond him was the gate. Peter got down very quietly off the wheelbarrow and started running as fast as he could go along a straight walk behind some black currant bushes. Mister McGregor caught sight of him at the corner, but Peter did not care. He slipped underneath the gate and was safe at last in the wood outside the garden. Mister McGregor hung up the little racket and the shoes for a scarecrow to frighten the blackbirds. Peter never stopped running or looked behind him till he got home to the big fir tree. He was so tired that he flopped down upon the nice soft sand on the floor of the rabbit hole and shut his eyes. His mother was busy cooking. She wondered what he had done with his clothes. It was the second little rack and pair of shoes that Peter had lost in a fortnight. I'm sorry to say that Peter was not very well during the evening. His mother put him to bed and made some chamomile tea, and she gave him a dose of it. Peter, one tablespoonful to be taken at bedtime. But Flopsy, Mopsy, and Cottontail had bread and milk and blackberries for supper. The end. You can read it. The Tale of Benjamin Bunny. One morning, a little rabbit sat on a bank. He pricked his ears and listened to the trit trot of a pony. 
a gig was coming along the road. It was driven by Mr. McGregor, and beside him sat Mrs. McGregor and her best bonnet. As soon as they had passed, little Benjamin Bunny slid down into the road, set off with a hop, skip, and a jump to call upon his relations who lived in the wood at the back of Mr. McGregor's garden. That wood was full of rabbit holes, and in the neatest scene hole of all lived Benjamin's aunt and his cousins. Flopsy Mutty Cottonell and Peter. Old Mrs. Rabbit was a widow. She earned her living by knitting rabbit wool mittens and mufflies. I once bought a pair of badger's hair. She also sold herbs and rosemary tea and rabbit tobacco, which is what we call lavender. Little Benjamin did not very much want to see his aunt. He came round the bank of the fir tree and nearly tumbled upon the top of his cousin Peter. Peter was sitting by himself. He looked poorly and was dressed in a red cotton pocket handkerchief. Peter. Said little Benjamin in a whisper, "Who has got your clothes?" Peter replied, "The scarecrow in Mr. McGregor's garden," and described how he had been chased about the garden and had dropped his shoes and coat. Little Benjamin sat down beside his cousin and assured him that Mr. McGregor had gone out in a gig, and Mrs. McGregor also, and certainly for the day. Because she was wearing her best bonnet, Peter said that he hoped that it would rain. At this point, Old Mrs. Rabbit's voice was heard in the side of the rabbit hole, calling, "Cottontail, Cottontail, Festival Carmel!" Peter said he thought that he might feel better if he went for a walk. They went away hand in hand. And got upon the top of the wall at the bottom of the wood. From here they looked down into Mr. McGregor's garden. Peter's coat and shoes were plainly to be seen upon the scarecrow. Topped was an old Tam O'Shatner of Mr. McGregor's. Little Benjamin said, "It spoils people's clothes to squeeze under a gate." The proper way to get in is to climb down a pear tree. Peter fell down head first. But it was of no quantity, as the bed below was newly raked and quite soft. It had been stone with lettuces. They left a great many odd little footmarks all over the bed, especially little Benjamin, who was wearing clogs. Little Benjamin said, "Lot, the first thing to be done is get clothes in order, that they might be able to use a pocket handkerchief." They took them off the scarecrow. It'd been raining during the night. There was water in the shoes. The coat was somewhat shrunk. The man tried on the Tam O'Shatner, but it was too big for him. He suggested that they should. Fill the pocket handkerchief with onions as a little present for his aunt. Peter did not seem to be enjoying himself. He kept hearing noises. Benjamin on the cotton tree was perfectly at home, 
and a, a leaf. He said that he was in the habit of coming to the garden, father, to get lettuces for a Sunday dinner. The name of little Benjamin's papa was old Mr. Benjamin Bunny. The lettuces certainly were very fine. Father did not eat any, so he said he should like to go home. Suddenly he dropped half the onions. Ben said it was impossible to get back up the pear tree with a load of vegetables. He led the way boldly toward the other end of the garden. They went along a little walk on planks under a sunny red brick wall. The mice on the doorstep cracking cherry stones. Winked at Peter Rabbit and little Benjamin Bunny. Only Peter let the pocket handkerchief go again. Amongst flower pots and frames and... But Peter heard his Worse than ever, his eyes were as big as lollipops. With a step or two in front of his cousin when he suddenly stopped. Little rabbit saw around the corner. Little Benjamin took a look and then half a minute, then time, hid himself. And Peter and the onions underneath the large basket. The cat got up and stretched herself and came and sniffed at the basket. Perhaps she liked the smell of onions. Anyway, she sat down upon the top of the basket. She sat there for five hours. I'll draw you a picture of Peter and Benjamin underneath the basket because it was quite dark and because the smell of onions was fearful. It made Peter Rabbit and little Benjamin cry. The sun got round behind the wood, and it was quite late in the afternoon, but still, the cat sat upon the basket. At length, there was a pitter-patter, pitter-patter. It's a mutter fell from the wall above. The cat looked up and saw old Mr. Benjamin Bunny prancing along the top of the wall of the upper terrace. He was smoking a pipe of rabbit tobacco and held a little switch in his hand, looking for his son. So Bun had no option, whatever cats, tremendous jump off the top of the wall to the top of the can, cuffed it off the basket, and kicked it into the greenhouse, scratching off a handful of fur. That was too much surprise to scratch back. Mr. Bunny had driven the cat into the greenhouse. He locked the door. Then he came back to the basket and took out his son Benjamin by the ears and whipped him with the little switch. Then he took out his nephew, Peter. He took out the handkerchief of onions and marched out of the garden. Mr. McGregor returned about half an hour later. He observed several things which propelled him. It looked as though some person had been walking all over the garden in a pair of clogs, only the footmarks were too ridiculous little. Also, he could not understand how the cat could have managed to strut herself up inside the greenhouse, locking the door upon the outside. Peter got home. His mother forgave him because she was so glad to see that he had found his suit and coat. Cottontail and Peter 
folded up the pocket handkerchief. An old method rabbit strung up the onion and hung them from the kitchen ceiling. Herbs and the rabbit tobacco. The Tale of the Flopsy Bunnies by Beatrix Potter. It is said that the effect of eating too much lettuce is sophorific. I have never felt sleepy after eating lettuces, but then I am not a rabbit. They certainly have a very sophorific effect upon the Flopsy Bunnies. When Benjamin Bunny grew up, he married his cousin Flopsy. They had a large family and they were very improvident and cheerful. I do not remember the separate names of their children, but they were generally called the Flopsy Bunnies. As there was not always quite enough to eat, Benjamin used to borrow cabbages from Flopsy's brother, Peter Rabbit, who kept a nursery garden. Sometime Peter Rabbit had no cabbages to spare. When this happened, the Flopsy bunnies went across the field to a rubbish heap in the ditch outside Mr. McGregor's garden. Mr. McGregor's rubbish heap was a mixture there were dram pots and paper bags and mountains of chopped grass from the mowing machine, which always tasted oily, and an old boot or two. One day, oh joy, there were a quantity of overgrown lettuces which had shot into flour. The Flopsy Bunnies simply stuffed lettuces by degrees. One after another, they were overcome with slumber and lay down in the mown grass. Benjamin was not so much overcome as his children. Before going to sleep, he was sufficiently wide awake to put a paper bag over his head to keep off the flies. The little Flopsy Bunnies slept delightfully in the warm sun. From the lawn beyond the garden came the distant clockery sound of the mowing machine. The blue bottles buzzed about on the wall. And a little old mouse picked over the rubbish among the dram pots. I can tell you her name. She was called Thormosin Tittlemouse, a wood mouse with a long tail. She rustled across the paper bag and awakened Benjamin Bunny. The mouse apologized profusely and said that she knew Peter Rabbit. While she and Benjamin were talking close under the wall, they heard a heavy tread above their heads. And suddenly, Mr. McGregor emptied out a stack full of lawn mowing right upon the top of the sleeping Flopsy Bunnies. Benjamin shrank down under his paper bag. The mouse hid in a dram pot. The little rabbit smiled sweetly in their sleep under the shower of grass. They did not awake because the lettuces had been so sophorific. They dreamt that their mother, Flopsy, was tucking them up in a hay bed. Mr. McGregor looked down after emptying his sack. He saw some funny little brown tips of ears sticking up through the lawn mowings. He stared at them for some time. Presently, a fly settled on one of them, and it moved. Mr. McGregor climbed down onto the rabbit ship. One, two, three, four, five, six. 
little rabbits, he said as he dropped them into his sacks. The Flopsy Bunny dreamt that the mother was turning them over in bed. They stirred a little in their sleep, but still they did not wake up. Sam McGregor tied up the sack and left it on the wall. He went to put away the mowing machine. The mouse came out of her dream pot, and Benjamin took the paper bag off its head, and they told the doubtful tale. Benjamin and Flopsy were in despair. They could not undo the string. But Mrs. Tittlemouse was a resourceful person. She nibbled a hole in the bottom corner of the sack. The little rabbits were pulled out and pinched to wake them up. The parents stuffed the empty sack with three rotten vegetable mirrors and an old lacquer-lining brush. Two paid turnips. Then they all hid under a bush and watched for Mr. McGregor. Mr. McGregor came back and picked up the sack and carried it off. He carried it, hanging down as if it were rather heavy. The, flop the Flopsy Bunnies followed at a safe distance. They watched him go into his house and then crept up to the window to listen. Mr. McGregor threw down the sack on the stone floor in a way that would have been extremely painful to the Flopsy Bunnies if they had happened to have been inside it. They could hear him dragging his chair on the flags and chuckle. One, two, three, four, five, six little rabbits, said Mr. McGregor. Eh, what's, eh, what's that? What have they been spoiling now, inquired Mr. McGregor. One, two, three, four, five, six little fat rabbits, replied repeated Mr. McGregor, counting on his fingers. One, two, three. Don't you be silly. What do you mean, you silly old man? In the sack, one, two, three, four, five, six, replied Mr. McGregor, the youngest flopsy bunny, got upon the window sill. Mr. McGregor took hold of the sack and felt it. She said she could feel six, but they must be old rabbits because they were so hard and all different shapes. Not fit to eat, but the skin will do fine to line my old cloak. Line your old cloak, shouted Mr. McGregor. I shall skin them myself and buy myself backy. Rabbit tobacco, I shall skin them and Cut off their heads! Mrs. McGregor untied the sack and put her hand inside. When she felt the vegetables, she became very angry. She said that Mr. McGregor had, had done it a propice. And Mr. McGregor was very angry too. One of the rotten mirrors came flying through the kitchen window and hit the youngest Flopsy Bunny. It was rather hurt. Then Benjamin and Flopsy thought it was time to go home. So Mr. McGregor did not get his tobacco and Mrs. McGregor did not get her rabbit skins. But next Christmas, Thormos and Tittlemouse got a present of enough rabbit wool 
to make herself a cloak and hood and handsome muff and a pair of warm mittens. We end. Well, that's my story for today. Thanks so much for listening, and I really hope that you enjoyed it. If there are other stories that you'd like to hear, leave me a comment, and maybe I'll record one just for you. And don't forget to rate and review my podcast so more kids like you can listen along.